coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand this thing. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? I set the course that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, word hearing. There's a big difference between feeling good and being blessed. When you are blessed, your life is improved. You can feel good without your life being improved. The truth is, a lot of Christians have not been able to distinguish between being blessed and feeling good. So many go to church on Sunday and dance and dance and dance and dance until they sweat and sweat. I say, I will dance on my God. He's on my God. <laughs> I know that David danced. Do you remember David? He danced and danced and danced for his God. And one of his wives was angry that he was dancing that way. And do you remember the rest of the story? She got in trouble for that. But you see, that, that was acceptable under the old covenant. They worshipped him with all their might. They danced in the flesh. Under the new contract, it is not useful all the you see and, and and that's one of the reasons why there are lots of splinter groups today so many churches that are formed on the basis of some anger uh, they're angry with one other group so they start a church um, for example there's a group that says that um, you're not supposed to use musical instruments in church because in the New Testament it doesn't talk about musical instruments. All musical instruments were in the Old Testament. In the New Testament no clapping, no drums, no cymbals, just sing. And lift your hands. Have you ever heard that? How many of you have heard that? Good. That's not enough to start a church. That's a good thought. 
there's nothing wrong in singing and clapping and rejoicing and even dancing. Nothing wrong if your spirit is attuned to God. But where that dance is what you're looking forward to, and that is what blesses you, something is wrong. So it doesn't matter that you dance from sunup to sundown and jump. My home on earth is beautiful and my heavenly. You can, you know, you're going to give your, you're going to give your offering. My home on earth is beautiful and my heavenly. That is not worship. It's not praise. Nothing is happening. My home on earth is beautiful and my heavenly home is more beautiful and my heavenly home. It just gets worse. That's not a praise song. It's not a worship song. It doesn't mean anything. You can say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It doesn't matter. You are not being blessed. Even though you feel that you are being blessed. It doesn't improve your life. You see, the problem is, too many people are ignorant of the word of God. And because they are ignorant of the scriptures, they err. That's what Jesus said. He said, you err because you know not the scriptures. So many don't know how to worship God. There's a way to worship God. There's a prescribed manner to worship God. And that's why many times when you're worshiping, there are people who are wandering. They don't know how to key in. When they see you worshiping God and praising God, they they don't know what to do. Because a lot of you here, you can worship without anybody singing, right? Am I right? You just take off and you're gone. Because your spirit is alive. And when you're like that, you don't need revival. Revive us again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Revive us. Why? What you listen to matters. You listen to the word of God that lifts your spirit, you believed it. The word of God that keeps you alive, you'll be alive. You listen to the one that kills you, you would need revival all the time. See? The human nature loves to be condemned because he recognizes his impurities. He loves to be condemned. So when you preach a message of condemnation to him, he's at home. He loves it. Just tell me. Tell me. So you are a sinner? Just saved by grace. Yes, amen. Say, amen. 
There's nothing in you. Amen, I know. You see, he's happy to receive it. No man is anything. Only God. Amen. We are less than ants. Amen. You see, he's, he's happy. Amen. There is none righteous. No, not one. Amen. Such people are afraid of the Bible. Start talking about Jesus is coming again. They'll be scared. Please, oh Lord, please make me rapturable, please. Why? Because they have been placed in a coffin of fear. They're dead already, needing revival. Make up your mind as a child of God to know the word of God for yourself. Amen? You will live an exciting and prosperous life when you know the word of God for yourself. Learn it. Know it. Master it. Live in it 24 hours a day. Then you, you live a great life. Every day be an exciting day of success, prosperity, and victory. And those three things are strange to many people. They do not live successful lives. They do not live prosperous lives. They do not live victorious lives. They're not aware that anybody could live like that. They think everybody's suffering like they are suffering. Have you ever been somewhere and somebody says, oh, all of us have been sick. Last, last week it was uh, my, my son. The other day it was my wife. The other day it was my uncle. My, you know, and he's also, he says, even me, I'm looking, I'm already tired. Have you ever visited people and, and they're like that? They complain of everything. They look old already. Old. Why? Suffering. Every day they're like this. Every day. They are afraid to laugh. <laughs> no, even some of you, you are in church now. As others are laughing around you like this. You, you can't laugh out. You can't laugh out. You must not be caught laughing. They told you that if you laugh too much, Satan will catch you. <laughs> Laughter does good like medicine. Even when you don't feel like laughing, you go, ha, 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 ha. You've seen some people, they're not happy. They're very sad, so they start looking for some uh, comedian to watch. They start going from TV station to TV, looking for some comedian to help them become happy. Then when they catch one, they don't relax like this. <laughs> ah, I feel so sorry for you. <clears throat> oh, no, 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 that's the show. Then they don't relax like this. 
you don't need a comedian to make you laugh. And that kind of laughter doesn't go down deep in the spirit. You stand in front of the mirror and start laughing. You say they'll think you are mad. Yes. That's why you lock the door. Lock everybody out. And then do it for yourself. At least you wouldn't think you are mad. You know, some people think that, oh, life is very serious. Life is not a joke. They don't want to be happy, yet they want to be happy. Okay, make yourself happy. Mm-mm. Make yourself happy. Okay, can you make yourself happy? Hello? Can you? Yes. You better do so. Because nobody, somebody, when I marry, I know I'll just be happy. Well, once I marry, it's just that's what I'm just waiting for. Once I just marry. <laughs> Go ahead. The reason I'm not happy in my life is that I don't have any child. I've been married for 10 years. Go and buy one then. (laughs) See, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, they're asking me, where is your husband? I'm tired. Oh, God, where is my husband? (laughs) What kind of life is this? Can't you just be happy? Does it matter that anybody's asking you questions? Tell them to shut the trap. Be happy about yourself. Get excited about yourself. Look at you. Very pretty you. Very handsome you. Yet you are not happy. Don't let anybody stop you from being happy. Make up your mind to be happy. I made up my mind a long, long time ago to be happy and nothing can stop it. And I've been happy ever since. Make up your mind. Nothing is going to stop your joy. Hello? Are you ready? Okay. We're talking about three kinds of wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. And David said to Solomon, he said, get wisdom. Get understanding. All right? That's what he told him. I'm going to look at a few things real quick. Now, you know, um, there's the wisdom of this world, all right? The Bible refers to the wisdom of this world. And then there is the wisdom of men. The wisdom of this world really has to do with how things are done in the world. The structure of things. Their way of life. And their judgments about what is right and what is wrong. What should be done. The answers that they prefer for the different problems that they experience. The wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world has done a lot of good stuff, all right? But you know what? 
at its best, it's foolishness before God. At its best. Then it talks about the wisdom of men. The wisdom of men usually expressed in high-sounding words. Dealing with how they organize their minds and all their great learning in the different schools all over the world. Sometimes the best schools. And men reason. Somebody said he's a great philosopher. Meaning great thinker. That's the wisdom of men. Some even describe themselves as thinkers. Say, I'm a thinker. So who are you? I'm a thinker. Are you born again? I'm not, a, I'm not born again. I'm a thinker. <laughs> the Bible describes your wisdom as the wisdom of men. And the Bible says it's foolish. I'm a thinker. Some have studied great thinkers. They idolize great thinkers. Men that are called great thinkers. They idolize them. They're carried away by them. They're their disciples. Listen, many great thinkers of many, many years ago, Greek philosophers particularly, and German philosophers, they still have disciples today. Even though they're dead long, 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 they have disciples who believe in them. Many people in different arms of government all over the world believe in these philosophers who have thought their way through various systems. You know, if you don't know what you could have had, what you could have been, if you don't know, you'll accept what you see as the best. If you have no other way of knowing, you stay with what you get. But thank God, he's given us his word to enlighten us, to give us information. So we can know something beyond what we see with our optical eyes. Life is more than what other human beings tell us. Thank God for the Bible. Someone has rightly said the Bible is a living thing. And I think so. Hallelujah. We're talking about three kinds of wisdom. You cannot be a true success without wisdom. Think about a man when he was a young boy. He won several awards for excellence. He was a good sportsman. He was, he was superb in his academics. He got awards, always had the best. Went into the university. He was the best. Started a beautiful course. Came out with more awards. Got a beautiful job. And just went up through the ranks. Finally, he retired 
at 65. Life went on. Suddenly came, you know, he had got all his, his uh, uh, retirement planned out. Everything was working fine. He'd got in his rocking chair for his old age by the window. Well, but looking at the world, retired from working, doesn't need to work now. He's, he's done all the best. His wall is full of all the awards, all the certificates, everything there, all the trophies. Wonderful. Then, in one sweep, the economy changes. All what is had in the bank is reduced to almost nothing. He can't believe it. Suddenly, what he had that was much has become small. His health is beginning to get into trouble. He's not as strong as he used to be. He's gone to the best doctors. Doctors said, well, you know, you're 75 now. It's old man's sickness. All what he expected seems to be changing. Now he's spending money trying to keep himself well. His wife is not any better. She's been sick for the last five years too. He had tried to set up all his children. But somehow, they hardly remember him. They call on Christmas Day and on New Year Day. What a life. What shall it profit a man? If you gain the whole world, after you have run the United Nations, you will retire. After you have run ECOWAS, I said you will retire. After you have been four-term president, you will retire. When you retire, God will come and visit you. And we ask one question. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Most men lack wisdom. No, it's not the academics. That's not what they lack. There's a place to get it. You study. Work hard. You get all of that. But that is not wisdom. And yet, wisdom is the principal thing. So you have the wisdom of this world that comes to nothing. You have the wisdom of men that fails. And lastly, you have the wisdom of God. We're dealing with three kinds of wisdom, and the first, and, and all I want to talk about is the wisdom of God, all right? I want to spend time talking about the other two because it don't mean anything. That's not for us. But I'm dealing with the three kinds of wisdom 
that are accessible to us, that belong to us. The first one is the Greek word Sophia. And Sophia is insight, the insight that God gives you into reality. All right? Sophia includes all of the knowledge, all of the understanding of all learning and science. It is insight into hidden things. When you have it, nothing eludes you. No wonder the Bible says that all things are unveiled to him with whom we have to do. Talking about the word of God. And the word of God is the wisdom of God. It says all things are unveiled. Nothing is hidden from the word. And when you're born again, the Bible tells us, tells us that that wisdom is granted us. It's deposited in our spirits. He says, in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of that is inside us. Sometimes that's too big for the ordinary mind to understand. Or for the baby Christian to understand. How could all the wisdom of God be given to me? But that's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. That shows you how much God loves us. Wanting to share with us all of his wisdom. It's a fact. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures evermore. Let's you know the kind of God he is. He's not the master mind behind your suffering. He's not the master mind behind your sorrows. Maybe you're here today. And things aren't going the way you want them to go. Maybe you're not living a fulfilled life. There can be a change today. And I will show you how. Hallelujah. I'll show you how. All of the wisdom of God. The Bible says in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That thing is so big. If we could meditate on that scripture, what masters we will become? Masters of our circumstances. Men who are completely unafraid, unperturbed. You no worry anymore. No wonder. This I believe. You see, these were writings of Paul. Paul understood this. And he was the one that told us, be anxious for nothing. He said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. He said, make your request known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He says, the peace of God that surpasses understanding. In other words, men look at you and they are stoned at the peace of God in your life. It surpasses understanding. It says that peace 
shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's what he knew. He was praying for the church that they would operate in that wisdom. That they'll be rich in it. Why? Because he knew what it was. Oh, glory to God. Wisdom. Say it with me. Say wisdom. 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 I want you to become familiar with that word. Familiar in a positive sense. Okay? Get acquainted with it. Get acquainted with wisdom. 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 Think wisdom. Wisdom. What is wisdom? I said it's insight into reality. For example, you, you, you know what he said? He says, we, he says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world. You understand that? But we speak wisdom. Then he says, we speak the wisdom of God in esoteric language. He says it's a close communication revealed only to a select few. He says it's not a language for everybody. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. He says we speak it among them that are mature. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. He said not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. He says we speak the wisdom of God. We speak the wisdom. See, that's why people can think that we are just being braggadocious when we use those words. For example, when I say, I got the life of God in me, that's the wisdom of God. When I say, I'm full of wisdom, I'm full of wisdom, that's the wisdom of God. Somebody says, how can somebody say he's full of wisdom? Are you the one to praise yourself? I'm not praising myself. I'm speaking wisdom. I walk in the light, I walk in strength, I walk in righteousness. I walk in the glory of God, and I am the glory of God. And again, you see, that's what the Word of God says. That's what the wisdom of God says. So I speak that wisdom. But the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. The Bible says, neither can he ginosko them. Hallelujah. Why? Because they are spiritually understood. Spiritual understanding. Hey, hey, hey. That's a Greek word for synesis. It says synesis. Synesis, spiritual understanding. Do you understand that? Synesis is wisdom. King James uses the term spiritual understanding for it. That's the second kind of wisdom. We're talking three kinds of wisdom. The first one is Sophia. The second one is synesis. What is synesis? Firstly, Sophia is what we call theoretical wisdom. Synesis is critical wisdom. Are you still there? Oh, ho, ho, ho. My, 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 my. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I got the life of God in me. I got the life of God in me. I got the spirit of the Son of God. I got the life of God in me. Hallelujah. 
Now, I want you to look at book of Ephesians chapter 3. I'll read something to you. I said the first, the first kind of wisdom is Sophia. The Greek word is Sophia. It is all the knowledge of God, all the wisdom of God, all the understanding of God deposited in Christ and we are partakers thereof. So inside every one of us, having been born again, there is the treasure of the wisdom of God. All the treasures. We have it in us. But that's theoretical wisdom. It's a fact. But to put it to work is something else. That's why even many Christians are not successful. Because even though they got all the treasures of wisdom inside them, first of all, they are ignorant of that fact. They don't even know that that's a fact. Most of them don't even know that such a thing exists. They don't know about it. Secondly, they have not been taught how to convert Sophia into Sunesis. And that's what I want to show you. Sophia is theoretical wisdom. You got it. It's in there. But it has to become synesis. That's the next step. Oh. I, uh... Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read to you. From verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Galatians, if ye... Or Gentiles, all right? You Gentiles. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Let me read again, all right? For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I wrote a foreign few words. He says, I, I, wrote, I wrote about the mystery before. I wrote about it for you. Now, we're talking about, this is Paul. Do you remember the Apostle Paul? Now, he says, Whereby when you read, when you read that thing which I wrote, he said, when you read, you may understand my sonesis in the mystery of Christ. The word knowledge there, wrongly put, is Greek synesis. It's another synonym for wisdom. It refers to comprehension, perception. Write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. So synesis, comprehension, perception, understanding. It means the ability to understand concepts and see relationships between them. Okay? It suggests quickness of apprehension, the penetrating consideration which precedes action. Are you following this? Literally, synesis means in the Greek, literally, it means mentally putting together. So it deals with the intelligence. So it means dealing, it comes from, it, it comes from another 
Greek word that's close to it. It's a Greek sunemai. What does that mean? It means dealing wisely. It means dealing wisely. And, and it tells you that dealing wisely produces success. That's why in the book, if you have, um, well, it's not so common, the, the Greek Septuagint. That's the Greek version of the Hebrew Old Testament. Okay? The Greek version of the Hebrew Old Testament. Now, in that Greek version, when you read Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, the latter part of it, it tells you, you'll have good success. Okay? Have good success there is from the Greek sunemai which means to deal wisely. So in its full construction, it's telling you that you deal wisely, making you successful. You deal wisely in the affairs of life. Now, maybe we should read that verse so you can see it. Okay? Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. Where it tells you this book of the law... Blah, 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 blah. All right? Do you remember it? Okay. Let's look at it. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Thou shalt... That have good success there was rendered from a Greek word, sunemai, in the Greek Septuagint. Okay, you would not see that in the Hebrew text. Alright? It means to deal wisely. So, here, Paul's referring to something that is so important. Where it tells us that you may understand my Knowledge, he says, my synesis in the mystery of Christ. He's saying that if we read his writings, we will come to understand his comprehension, his perception. Why did Paul do the things he did? Now we can see his perspective of the gospel. How did he perceive Jesus? Why was his message the way it was? Are you following this? Why? Why was it that way? And you know, sometimes, sometimes we look at our lives and we can't find, we can't seem to find, we can't seem to place ourselves. You ask some people, what do you believe? They're not sure what they believe. They just believe. But they're not sure what they believe. Paul says, you read my writings, you have an understanding of my comprehension. In other words, the wisdom of God in his spirit had come to the level of his comprehension. So any day he could tell you what he believed about Jesus. He could explain to you his gospel. 
He called it my gospel. What is your gospel? I tell people, if you listen to our tapes, you can tell what we really believe. You just listen to the tapes and listen to the tapes, you can tell. You can tell our synesis. Are you getting it now? And that helps us to deal wisely. This is how we can analyze life. We look at anything on the basis of that synesis. That is the second level wisdom. Do you understand? If anybody is asking you any question, is this right or is this right? Can a Christian do this? Can a Christian do this? It will be based on your synesis of the mystery of Christ. If you don't have that synesis, you have no answer. Synesis is not for the babe in Christ. It's for the one who is growing in Christ, who has started to comprehend the mystery of Christ, who is beginning to have an understanding of the mystery of Christ, understanding the gospel. You see, the gospel is coming home now. See, not only do you believe in Jesus, you have now come to understand what you believe. It's another level. Now you can play from your mind. Are you following this? You now make decisions on the basis of your synesis. That's a second level wisdom. And every child of God ought to understand this. Every one of us has Sophia. We all have it inside us. We all have it. But it's got to come up. Where we can begin to use that Sophia. Do you understand? We use it to analyze. By the time you start analyzing things, checking up things, uh-huh, now you're doing diligent study, you're talking synesis. You're talking synesis. This is the next level wisdom. Now you're wise. Now you can make decisions. You can say this is right. No, this one is not okay. Well, even though this is right, not for me. Mm-hmm. You get it? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. If every child of God could rise up to that point, where you don't have to be asking questions, but you have the knowledge on the basis of your comprehension of the mystery of Christ, you discover you wouldn't have to Study everything in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, before you understand the message of Christ. You'll have it in you. Why? Because you are putting to work, you are bringing up that which is inside. Amen? Amen. That which is inside. See why you have to study the Word of God? Because if you don't study, you're not going to have synesis. You'll have Sophia. But Sophia is theoretical wisdom. But it's not working. It's not working. You can't distinguish between whether this is okay or not. Anything goes for you. You read all the newspapers, you don't know whether or not you should. Anything, anything goes. Look at all the home videos, all the tapes you have bought, home videos. That's no synesis. See that? 
That wisdom is not there. From one film to the other, you watch and watch and watch and watch. You know what the Bible says? It says the lazy man, poverty is coming close to you. <laughs> Finally, you get a hold of you. Too late to change. Then you start complaining. You don't understand what kind of government, what kind of government. Government is not your problem. Tell somebody, Sunesis. Say it again. Aha. Say it one more time. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. That's the next level. Critical wisdom. It's called critical wisdom. Critical wisdom. When you have synesis, you'll be able to deal wisely in your business. Synesis. Critical wisdom. You'll be able to review issues and make the right decision. That's critical wisdom. I told you what he says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. So that you may be able to deal wisely. This is, you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. In fact, if you look at it from the Amplified Version, you'd see it. You'd see it there. You'd be able to deal wisely. Because it says to meditate on the word day and night. Say, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. So talk the word. Meditate on the word, and you'll have synesis. But if you don't do it, even though God has blessed you with all the wisdom of God, it's not going to work. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the last one is where I want to take you to. That last one is where I really want to take you to. Mm. You ready for this? St. Luke's Gospel. Chapter 1. In him will live and move and have our being. In him will live and move and have been praise God so Luke's gospel chapter number one I want you to look at verse 17 I want you to read it to me you ready okay go mm-hmm the children uh-huh And the disobedient to what? He wants to turn the hearts of the disobedient to what? The wisdom of the just. To the wisdom of the righteous. Oh. Ah. This is so powerful. Well, you know. Uh, well, that's why we have to study the scriptures, all right? Because if we don't study, we can't know. And the Bible says to search the scriptures. 
And, and, and as you grow in the Lord, you know, sometimes some people say, so how, how, how do you get to know when there are differences, especially when you use the English translation and everybody, everything looks the same? Well, first and foremost, the more you grow in the things of God, the more you're able to tell that this thing is not supposed to be this way. And then you're motivated to do some more search, and you find it right there. Praise God. And that, again, is based on synesis. Okay? All right. Now, here's the point I want to make. He said his plan is to turn the heart of the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous. Now, that word wisdom, now let, let's look at it first on, the, on generic terms. He says to turn the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous. Those he calls disobedient. The Greek word that is translated disobedient, that means those who are unpersuadable. The faithless. The unbelieving. So they do not obey. The word. And God's plan is to turn their hearts to bring them up to the wisdom of the righteous. Now, the words were carefully chosen of the Holy Spirit. He's bringing them to the wisdom of the righteous. This time, the word wisdom does not come from Sophia. Why? Because even if they had the Sophia of the righteous, they might still behave that way. After all, I just showed you from the book that you that are born again, you have that Sophia. But why then do you act the way you do? Why are many Christians failures? Even though they have Sophia. He doesn't say to bring them to the Sunesis. Of the righteous. Why? Because that's still not enough. You could have synesis and act differently. You know, sometimes you believe something, you understand something, yet you do differently. And then you say, I can't understand why. I know that this thing is not, why am I doing it? You know what he said? He said he wants to bring the disobedient. That means the worst of the bunch. You may not be as bad as that. Yet God is saying that his plan is to bring the worst of the bunch up to the wisdom of the righteous. He chooses a word, phronesis. Phronesis means, oh boy. It means a mindset. That's phrenesis. It means a mindset. You don't know how big this thing is. It's too big. Too big. Oh. Is somebody in this place? It says, and it shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, which is Elias in Old King James Version, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the phronesis 
of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It shows us God's mind, God's plan. He says to bring the disobedient to the mindset of the righteous. God of heaven. Oh. You know, things like this, when I, when I read them on my own, I just sit down and I start singing, singing in tongues. Just, I said this thing is too big. You need Ginosko to get a hold of it. That's the truth. Are you ready for that? You've got to catch it. You've got to catch it. Listen, if God's plan is to bring me up to the, the, the phronesis, the mindset of the righteous, what a miracle. What a plan. What an honor. Great wonder. This is marvelous. Maybe I should give you a proper definition of mindset. What, what is mindset? When you say mindset, what does it mean? Because if you, if you don't know what the mindset is, because I know a lot of you use it on a daily basis, but I, I think we should look at the meaning. Okay? What the mindset is. So I'd like to read it to you. You ready? Mindset means a fixed, I want you to notice the words carefully, a fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to situations and his interpretation of situations. Mindset is a fixed mental attitude or disposition. It predetermines your responses to situations. It predetermines your interpretation. Listen, listen. What it is saying is this. A fixed mental attitude that controls how you would respond to anything and how you will interpret anything. It is a fixed mental attitude. When you have a mindset, you see life from that perspective. That is the only way you read things. That's the only way you understand. If your mindset is wrong, you are finished. Listen, don't you understand what? It's a compound word. Mindset. Your mind is fixed to thinking in a certain direction. Now, God is saying that he is bringing the disobedient to the mindset of the righteous. The righteous have a mindset. What is the reason for your failure? That your mindset is not the mindset of the righteous. What is the reason for your poverty? 
that your mindset is not the mindset of the righteous. The righteous have a mindset. Listen, I do not think failure. I can't think failure. I don't think failure. I, I, I can't comprehend failure. I have a mindset. Failure is not an option. It doesn't work with my system. I can't think of failing. The word of God has projected me out of that long time ago. I don't think in that arena. I can't think fear. I lost my fears many years ago. When I was a little boy, I used to be afraid. I was scared in the night. I was afraid of anything. I feared dark places. I feared to to hear a a noise in the night. I was scared. I like to sleep first while others are awake around me. And to wake up late when everybody else is awake already. That's the way I was. Forget about the future. I couldn't even think about future. I was too scared of the present. You know what? When I received the Holy Ghost, you know, before then, if I heard the thunderings and saw the lightnings and all those things, I was scared. I was scared. Where did the fears come from? I didn't know then. I know now. From studying the word, I know the source of fear. But I didn't know where the fears came from. Just a little boy. But I was afraid. I lived in fear. I don't think my parents ever knew how much fear there was in me. It was too much. But when I received the Holy Ghost, I said I lost my fears. And as the years went on, studying the Word of God, I lost my frights. I couldn't be frightened. Nothing could happen. Today, nothing happens to frighten me. I can't be frightened. You can't frighten me with anything. No matter what happens behind me, I will not shake like this. No. All such things have been disabled. It's a fact. Why? Because through the scriptures, I have developed a mindset. I have developed a mindset. I can't think sickness. And this is what I'm passing across to you. He says there is a mindset for the just. He says the just shall live by faith. He says my righteous ones shall live by faith. What is faith? Hmm. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he shall guide you into all truth. Meaning he shall guide you into all reality. Oh, meaning that he makes the word of God real to us. As we study the scriptures, the scriptures become real to us. They come alive to our spirits. Our response to that reality that we can now perceive in the Word of God is what faith is. Faith.
Spirit is acting on those realities defined for us by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Word of God has been made real. Oh, glory to God. It's been made real to us. Wisdom has become real. It has become real. The Holy Ghost has made me know that the wisdom of God is real in me. And that the ability of the Spirit of God has been made available to me. So when he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, it's a fact. It's a fact. It has completely inundated my mentality. I can only think that way. Greater is he that is in me. No matter what happens, I only think greater is he that is in me. I cannot think fear. I cannot think defeat. The one in me is greater. Greater, greater, greater. He is bringing the disobedient to the mindset. The mindset of the just. The mindset of the righteous. Oh, there is a mindset. Kila has karadika. There is a mindset. A mindset for victory. A mindset for success. It doesn't matter what you're a part of. When you get involved, success only. Victory only. He says, ye are of God, little children. Ye have overcome them. Hey, uh. John had a mindset. Do you understand? This is phronesis. It's a mindset. How do you get it? By meditating on the scriptures. Meditating on Sophia. As you meditate, you receive sonesis, a comprehension. Do you understand? With that comprehension, you start speaking according to your comprehension. Then it controls not only your vocabulary, it controls your mind. And therefore you have what? Phronesis, a mindset. A mindset. Imagine when children grow up in that environment. Nobody ever calls them stupid. Nobody ever calls them foolish. Are you still there? They'll develop a mindset for success. It doesn't matter what crisis they face. Oh, if only you could understand what I'm sharing with you now. You, it doesn't matter what kind of business. Even if you're just a little... Uh, trader, as you carry your things to the market, you have a mindset. You know you are a success. You know you are a victor. You are going to the market to win. Oh, glory to God. Think about it. From then on, you see, you are no longer controlled by your environment. It doesn't matter what people say about you. You have a mindset for success. Hallelujah. That's the way I am. You can't knock me down. You can't knock me out. Nothing shakes me. Nothing moves me. I got a mindset. He says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. Mindset. You know, 
something is happening. Somebody saying something against you or something has been written against you. You know, you have a mindset. You say, that's not a factor. It doesn't matter to my success. That's not a factor. Success is born in you. Oh, he says, blessed is the man. Don't, haven't you read it? Who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and therein doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come and shout amen, somebody. Hallelujah. You begin to say this. You say, that's the way I am. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Bringing forth fruits in a season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Glory to God. What a life. Look, you are not only blessed, you are a blessing. You are a blessing. Don't you understand? You are a blessing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Lega braskora hande lagasta. Hallelujah. I don't know if there's anybody here today and you've been sick in your body. I don't know what you've been diagnosed with. But I got news for you. If only you will get this mindset. tell you about the French prince the little boy during the French Revolution they got a hold of this little boy he was a prince but he was a kid and they wanted to kill him and somebody said no 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 don't kill him 
He's young. If you kill him, he'll go to heaven. And that's too good for his bad father. They said, before he dies, let us give him to a witch. And let the witch teach him to curse. So he'll be polluted in his life. Then he'll die and go to hell. Oh, they said, that's right, that's right. Let's not kill him now. He was too innocent. He'll go to heaven. Give him to a witch. And they gave him to a witch. It was said that the witch tried and tried to teach this little boy, nine years old, how to curse. But he would not say what the witch said to say. The witch tried and tried. And finally got frustrated and said, I said you must say it. The little boy looked at the witch and said, I can't say that. He said, I was born to be a king. <laughs> Let me tell you another story. Prince Charles had something like a, what was it, a, a, a bull or so? Probably a bull or an elephant or something. Charging towards him. It was said that all those around were shocked because he didn't move. He stood right there looking. The aides had to come and help. He didn't move. Why? He had a mindset. He'd been trained. This is no ordinary guy. This is not a street guy. Don't you understand? And it got on the news. The media carried it. It told them something of the substance of that man. He just stood. Because the British prince must not run for anything. He would rather die there than to turn and run. Read their history. That's what you call a mindset. You studied to become afraid. It was information you heard that made you afraid. I said, when I look back, I can tell where those fears came from when I was a little boy. Because of all the stories they were telling me. All the terrible stories. They were all negative, terrible stories. And I heard the stories. And the more I heard them, the more I wanted to hear them. But I never knew what they were producing in my spirit. They produced fear. I was intimidated. I was scared of life. They told me about witches and witch doctors. They told me if you heard... They, they told me, hold on. They told me those birds were possessed by spirits. They were not ordinary birds. I was made to understand that demons had more power. They showed up, but angels never showed up. Nobody told me about angels. But they all knew they were angels. None of them ever saw an angel. But they knew about demons. Demons. 
Talking about demons. I was scared. But when I received the Holy Ghost, oh boy, and I found out greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I was changed. I was transfigured. I became another person. I was changed. Metamorphosed. He said, ye are of God. Ye have overcome them. He didn't say ye shall. He said ye have. Ye have. And I've told myself a thousand times, you have overcome them. You have overcome them. One day I was praying and I heard a voice. Thus said the Lord, you have overcome the world. Oh, glory to God. And I took a hold of that rhema and I proclaimed it. I have overcome the world. So I've overcome every nation. It doesn't matter which nation I go to. I've overcome the world. Every nation under heaven. Can you shout amen somebody? Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory and cause it the savour of his knowledge by us in every place everywhere we go there's an aroma of his knowledge oozing out of us somebody shout hallelujah Woo! oh glory to god go ahead and praise him and thank him The message you've just heard was produced by the Lovell Tape Ministry. For more information, please contact Lovell Tape Ministry. Post office number 13563. Email address cec at christembassy.org. Or better still, you can find us on the web www.christembassy.org. God bless you.